Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 20. We are super excited to have you. We're going to talk uh, wildcard weekend, do a little bit of a recap. We're going to dive into the divisional round and then give you our predictions there. And then we're going to kind of round robin between me and Casey and discuss some of the head coaching uh, changes that have been happening. We've had a lot of movement um, and I suspect there's some more to come. So we'll dive into that. But first, let's start off with uh, recaps. Yeah, it was a good wildcard weekend. I mean, as far as teams winning who we wanted to win, maybe not, but Okay. Uh, they were all super competitive. You always come in hot right off well, the jump. I, I was talking about my Bills. I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, okay. You're, you're yeah. your favorite. You had another favorite team that won, though. They, I did. So I did. I did. Yeah. But they were all super competitive. Two overtime games, which was exciting. Yeah. Um, highest stakes you can imagine for a playoff game overtime. Um, but they were all super competitive. It seemed like they all belonged there. And uh, I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts... Every game had something to offer. I think um, the worst game being the Seahawks at Eagles, but uh, <laughs> every game was was pretty much enjoyable from start to finish. So we we uh, objectively as fans had a had a good weekend. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Which game do you want to dive into first? Let's just start in the order that they were played. We'll, we'll start back on Saturday, the early Saturday game, the Bills at the Texans. Okay. Where the Texans won twenty two to nineteen in overtime. Yeah. That- one of us picked the Texans in this one. One of us did, and one of us didn't. And, uh, <laughs> in case you're wondering, I picked the Texans. In case you picked the Bills, but so this was a heated uh, matchup for us. But we're both two and two at the we end. We are of the both weekend, two and two. So it all evens out. Um, what were your impressions with Josh Allen overall? I, God, he made some plays on the ground. He did. He made he some did. plays. He, he opened that game strong. He did, and he didn't play terribly. I mean. He doesn't do what I want my quarterback to do. You know what I mean? And I guess in today's NFL, maybe you don't necessarily have to to win. And I think the Bills have shown that. But I think come playoff time, it's a little bit different. And you need your quarterback to make plays through the air Mm -hmm. more often than not. And he made some nice throws. But overall, I mean, he was 24 of 46. Which, in my opinion, if Josh Allen is throwing the ball 46 times, that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. and I was not super impressed, but I also, he he exceeded my expectations, which were extremely low. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, 264 yards, zero touchdowns, but he had well, nine carries he, for he 92 yards as well. He, he did catch one. Yeah, he did catch one. It was a body one. catch. He caught it with his, his whole chest. But hey, he a touchdown's it. a touchdown, you know? But from then on, though, they didn't look the same, in my opinion. No, they didn't. After yeah. that first drive. But it looked um, like it would be enough up until, you know, the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And then Houston turned it on and scored 11 in the fourth. Yeah. Um, I've said it all season. I'll give props. Even Durgan has said it. Deshaun Watson and this Houston team, specifically Deshaun Watson, though, he's a winner, man. He finds ways to win when it matters. And they did it. It wasn't pretty by any means. They lost yeah. in almost every statistical category. Total yards, they... uh they uh, had less passing yards, which is weird considering Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson's capabilities versus yeah. Josh Allen. Um, they had less rushing yards. Just overall, they they didn't win the game statistically, but they won the game on the scoreboard, and yeah. that's what matters. No, for sure. Um, it concerns me that Bill O'Brien has had a bunch of slow starts in 
playoff games. I mean, they were down 16-0, to zero and it looked like they were going to get run out of their own building by yeah. the Bills in, in this game. Um, they lost 21-7 to seven to the Colts last year. Um, they got a tough one with the, with the, the Patriots a couple of years ago before that. Um, they lost 30 to zero to the chiefs, I think in his first year in 2015. Um, it just seems like this game, especially they won in spite of Bill O'Brien, like Deshaun Watson had to take over and will that team JJ Watt had to come in and will that team to win instead of the Texans, who I think are clearly more talented, even without Wolf Fuller, um, are more talented than the bills. And it should have been the opposite. They should have been up sixteen to zero in their own At stadium. Home too? Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And running the Bills off the field, but uh, they played down to the performance of the Bills. Josh Allen, I thought, started really strong, like we talked about, and then just lost his f- freaking mind to to not swear in this very kid friendly podcast. Uh, <laughs> But, like, dude, that lateral at the end of the game. Yeah, what were you thinking, I, man? He wasn't, man. And then he, like, almost threw an interception, and he was, he was like, so amped up. I was like, dude, take uh, Xanax and chill. Yeah, like, for real, man. Calm yourself down. Take a deep breath. And like, he thought that was the last play or what? Like, what I don't you, know, what man. There was, like, a minute and a half left, and he's just throwing it willy-nilly all over the place, dude. You know what, though? If he somehow tossed that to an open skill position player and they ran it in for a touchdown sure. we'd all be like, like holy Whoa. shit yeah but he he didn't so. yeah no that was so dangerous and in that position too i mean yeah you give that ball away there's yeah that's you know yeah and then the only other big call i can think of that for that game is when the texan or not the texans the bills were driving they were in field position and then josh allen took a couple sacks and then it was like fourth and 27 or something yeah. like that and they yeah. decided to go for it instead of punt i'm like dude what you can't you can't yeah. do that you at that point you got to play the field position game that wasn't the right call um i don't know i mean i mean i don't know what the statistics i i have to imagine you're more statistically likely to get the ball back on a three and out than you are to convert a fourth and 27 i'd have to imagine i mean maybe sean mcdermott knows something we don't <laughs> maybe I don't know. he doesn't or yeah. he does yeah but I'm, i don't know uh fun fact about this one too the leading rushers on both teams were the quarterbacks nice yeah so not great games on the ground overall. No. Quick wrap-up question of the game. Is this the last time we see Frank Gore? Uh, Frank Gore, man. Eagles awesome career. Legend, Frank Gore. <laughs> For those who don't understand that joke, he committed to the Eagles and then backed out and signed somewhere else. But I don't think he is ready to throw in the towel. No? He's, he's the... I mean, he's the epitome of durability. Yeah, for sure. I see him playing until he, like, physically, either a team doesn't want him or mm-hmm. he's just literally physically unable to play. Yeah. And that being some sort of injury, most likely. But, man, the dude, I mean. He just keeps going. He just keeps going. And I think, I mean, I'll have to look at the stats, but I think he has the longest uh, stretch playing without an injury, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember any major injury for him. Yeah, I mean he's 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 rarely out. I mean he's always he's always available when you need him, and I I I think he plays if the Bills will have him. The thing is though, Devin Singletary is a boy. He's good. He's good. He's good rushing and he's good receiving. So does he play much? Probably not. But I think he comes back and he plays that mentor slash 
you know, 10 to 20% snap getter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is where you're at with Frank Gore. If you need two yards, you can get you two yards. If you need three yards, he's going to get you two yards. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what he is at this point. Uh, but let's move on to the Titans and the Patriots. Also containing a very good running back, uh, one who took over the game uh, and, and really sort of kept that Titans offense afloat, Derrick Henry. On his birthday. On his well. birthday. Got Happy it birthday. done. Dethroned the Patriots. Dude maybe ended a dynasty maybe it's quite, quite possibly possible. i think oh whoa Did we oh, said it at the same time that's cute yeah uh dude this might be the best game just because of who lost <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i had uh mixed emotions like i it's respect for seeing the patriots succeed for so long and seeing how they always pull something out a rabbit out of the head as jason Witten would say um <laughs> it's a little throwback yeah to, to, to last year in football. um but they just always found ways to get it done and it seemed like they were going to do it again against the titans and they couldn't they just couldn't generate enough offense to to make stuff go for them and that was sort of their their issue the whole back half of the season they started off eight and zero, and then finished four and four and that offense was a question throughout the the year and <clears throat> came back to bite them in this in this game i think if if they, if you told the patriots like hey we're gonna hold the titans to 14 points yeah almost every patriots fan would be like oh no problem we're gonna win that game yeah uh but they just they, they couldn't do it um and Tannehill didn't play terrifically but Tannehill played poorly in my mind like yeah, they didn't ask a whole lot of him because he didn't need to do a anything because you yeah. got derrick henry back there doing everything <clears throat> Tannehill threw yeah. the ball 15 times for 72 yards like you're thinking maybe that's like a quarter statistic that's the <laughs> entire game yeah he threw one touchdown and one interception uh but derrick henry man this has been the formula i think all year for beating the patriots mm-hmm. you know their secondary is the best in the league yeah arguably arguably the best if not top three right so you run the ball and their run, their run yeah. defense is somewhere in the middle of the pack, 15th-ish, and it's been effective. I mean, that's how a lot of teams that have beat them have beat them. So yeah. kudos to Mike Rabel and, and the Titans, man. Huge win, I, I think. For sure. Uh, the, the Patriots did something interesting that might cause, if you want a little coach's corner here, All right. uh, cause issue for the Titans going forward. The, the, the blog post this week is going to be on the Titans and their offense and how they get their stuff done and where can people find this if they they're interested find that. in what you're about to say yeah at weeklyspiral.home.blog weeklyspiral.home.blog yeah. every week there'll be a new post on whatever's going on um but the patriots ran essentially so they showed cover four in the beginning so okay. cover four means all your dbs are taking one fourth of the field deep so both your corners and then you have two high safeties and they're both all they're all four of them are, are going deep um, but instead of doing that, they took one of those safeties and they rotated him down into the middle of the field, which is called a robber. So you're really running cover three robber. So that means you have deep third from the corners on either side. You have deep middle from the safety in the middle. And then the other safety, who's also aligned deep on the snap of the ball, comes down to rob any routes crossing the middle. And the Titans love to run these crossers and deep shots off of play action and now they're covering for linebackers that get sucked up on the Derrick Henry runs, but you're robbing that route over the middle with a safety. So it might look like it's open or uh, whatever, but you have to locate that safety or he's there, and 
it took away a lot of the play action for the Titans, and that's the most effective yeah. game plan that I've seen uh, against them. They had a lot of success in their in their last four games that I looked at for the, to end the regular yeah. season. They would just hit those crossers because the linebackers come up. You have to because it's Derrick Henry, yeah. and then there's these gaping holes in the zone right behind him at 10 or 12 yards. But when you're lurking a safety and having Robin come down on it, uh, it really makes those throws harder, and, and it – scares quarterbacks from from throwing those sure and it's no surprise that bill belichick one of the greatest defensive minded head coaches of all time made that adjustment and yeah it worked it did but you can't you know you can't always alleviate talent issues with coaching and their run defense is a little bit lacking so yeah um you're not gonna stop derrick henry with a mediocre run defense that dude is no, a beast and you're at a, at a, to a certain level you're conceding it because if you have four deep guys you have yeah. one less guy in the box and you're just saying you guys gotta, you gotta he can run on us but they're not going to get those big chunk plays on us to, to beat us so and that's sort of what they did too but they lost yeah yeah i mean 70. i mean they they had it a one point game for a long yeah. time and they had the opportunity so the game plan i think worked it just defensively yeah for sure defensively yeah. it worked offensively i don't know um i was but, expecting to see more trick plays gadget stuff from the the, the patriots to get something oh for know? sure yeah I mean, seems like they they were pulling a lot of that stuff out earlier in the regular season. Yeah, or late in the regular season. I mean, their leading receiver was a running back in this game, James White. Yeah. Again, it comes back to I think you know we're talking about a team that in the beginning of the season had Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, yeah, and Julian Edelman as potentially the most dangerous wide receiver trio in the league for sure. And now, I mean, you're looking at them like Julian Edelman's your number one. Yeah, and he was banged up and hurt and yeah, quad and shoulder, all that stuff. So so. We'll see what happens. It'll be really interesting next year to see, uh, especially with Tom Brady being a free agent, how this the shape of this franchise is moving forward. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's, let's move on to our uh, second overtime game. The Vikings, who neither of us picked, beat the Saints 26-20 to 20 in overtime. This was the, the most shocking one, yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know, man. Like, I don't believe in the Vikings. You, you believe in the Vikings. Yeah, I believe in Dalvin Cook. <laughs> he makes a big difference. Yeah, he makes a big difference. He was running. He was running well. He looked fresh. Like, he did. He had the shoulder injury, but I think it also rejuvenated his legs. And he looks like he has that same burst they did in the beginning of the year when everyone was like, "Oh, he might be an MVP candidate." And he's yeah. running well. He's healthy for the first time. Um, but they did just enough. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't get the narrative that Kirk can't win in big games. I think a quarterback is a quarterback. It doesn't matter the magnitude of the game they're playing in. Just because he's zero mm-hmm. and nine in Monday Night Football and this, that, the other thing. It's a team sport. Sure. I I don't know though because a lot of it is it's sort of like it, I feel like the quarterback more so than any other position. There's a lot of mental composure involved as well. Sure. And losing big games, if they're close, sometimes may come down to composed being composed in in said games sure. like i don't there's trends and i feel like if kirk cousin throughout his entire career loses yeah. games that are important especially not even just important but games to teams winning with winning records mm-hmm. like that kind of says something i think uh i mean if you want to compare like drew Brees lost that game for the saints drew Brees his, fumble, has, his yeah. interception he's had a worse playoff record overall i think than this sounds weird to say than kirk cousins because they've had one Super Bowl. They yeah. made one run. Otherwise, they're getting bounced. 
in these games that are walk-off touchdowns. Like the last three or four years, I think, they've lost on the last play of the game. But ultimately, he hasn't done enough for his team. So you could say he's not sure. clutch. In the big yeah. games against good opponents, Drew Brees doesn't come through. You can say yeah. the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. You can say the same thing for – if you, you can construe the narrative however you want. But the fact of the matter, Kirk made the throws he needed to make. He made a fucking dime at the end of the – or at the – on the first to, drive of overtime. To Thielen? To Thielen. Yeah, yeah, that was a beautiful throw. That was beautiful. Beautiful uh, catch, too, tracking that over his shoulder. Um, yeah, I mean, Drew Brees, is, he's got an 8-8 eight and eight record in the playoffs. So, yeah. bang average, 500. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of the best to ever do it. You don't break all the records without being one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. But sure, uh, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think people, I think it's overblown, but I also think I would value looking at my quarterbacks winning against good teams too especially yeah. if by all by all accounts both the saints and the vikings have talent around sure Drew Brees, so or uh their quarterbacks so yeah but i would i mean I, I haven't looked that closely at kirk cousins games on film or anything like that but i would look and say hey is he making bad decisions in the fourth quarter or is he sure. not showing up against good competition or is he doing what he needs to do and they're just not winning like is he are the reads yeah. good or is he still doing all this stuff or is he losing his mind like josh allen and throwing and laterals and shit? Lattering, yeah. <laughs> lattering the ball to no one yeah and i don't know the answer to that um maybe i'll look into it during the off season and, and see if is kirk clutch i don't know is kirk clutch you we'll should write if this, he this can beat be the niners good... then that narrative is dead he won't but if he does i think you, should, you need to write a blog post on him asap <laughs> if, he, if he does that because oh, that'll be incredibly painful um this was a good game though i, I really it enjoyed was. this one um i picked Taysom the saints hill. but Taysom hill man guy freaks me out <laughs> what position you play dude <clears throat> he's all over he's all there's over. a blog post on him by the way yeah check that out good read a month or he, so ago he's positionless and you don't see many players like this but he can i mean he had a he played quarterback he, yeah. I think he had a bomb he threw at quarterback. Yeah, Fifty yarder. He had some receptions. He had some rushes. He was a he was their leading rusher. Four carries, fifty yards. You got Alvin Kamara on your team, <laughs> who did not who did look not, good. He did not look good. He hasn't all season really. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill, man. Weird, weird, but awesome. He's fun to watch. He is fun sure. to watch. He brings a juice every time. It's always exciting too when I'm watching the uh, when I'm watching the Saints. And then I see somebody at quarterback that looks like Drew Brees, but then like he moves differently yeah. and does you know, like all of a sudden is a little quicker and like uh-huh. just doesn't throw the same. Uh, maybe throws a little bit more arm arm strength, a more zip, a little more zip. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, what? What's happening right now? Like it's Drew Brees. And from then 10 I realize it's Taysom Hill, and I'm like, what? You no. took Drew Brees. You took your best player out of the game. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But it was sometimes, working. Sometimes for him. it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to move on to the the most painful game of the week? Are we there already? Word, that's the last one. <sighs> you want me to say the score? The Seahawks at the Eagles. The Josh McCown led Eagles. God, seventeen to nine. Started on that. Uh this was this was a rough one, man. I mean, you're talking about an Eagles team trying to overcome no QB one, no wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or wide receiver three, no RB one, running back one. You're missing your right tackle, arguably one of the best right tackles in the game. You're missing mm-hmm. your right guard, arguably one of the best right guards in the game, Brennan Brooks. Um, your starting ten- tight end is playing with two broken ribs and a lacerated kidney. We could not be more hurt. And I was thinking about it coming into the game. Obviously, the worst happened, but I was thinking, dude, like it, it's going to happen. We're, someone's going to get hurt in this yeah. game. 
And lo and behold, it's the one person. Davion Clowney decides to do a fucking swan dive into Carson Carson's head, and <laughs> and there we go, and we're fucked from then on. So yeah, um, this the fact that we were even in this game though is kind of unbelievable. Like I Josh McCown, the way he moved in the pocket kind of blew my mind. Like he. Yeah was mobile he was agile he did some carson wentz-esque things i said that during the game yeah you did. like he he avoided some pressure you know he did everything he could given the circumstances there just, there just wasn't enough talent on this team to close out this game and it really showed at the end when you have basically three practice squad receivers out there trying to catch balls yeah um you know kudos to to the team though that and basically the practice squad eagles and this honestly <laughs> like the one takeaway from this and and the whole season is through all these injuries, through adversity, we made the playoffs. You did. And it shows, I think, the impact of good coaching and how how much of an effect that can have on a team um, and how when those two mesh, which is what we saw, I think, the Super Bowl year in 2017, mm-hmm. how, that, how, that can, how effective that can be when you have good coaching combined with good talent. And you yeah. saw one side of that, I think, this season with um, good coaching from Doug Peterson – but there was no talent on this team most of the year. Constant yeah. injuries. Um, but Carson quietly had a good year. First Eagles quarterback to ever throw 4,000 yards in a season. Probably also so. first Eagles quarterback to ever throw 4,000 yards and have zero receivers with more than 500 receiving yards in a season, <laughs> there you go. which is kind of interesting. But, um, you know, I know I went on a little rant here, but I'm, I'm proud of these guys. Um it was a good season. I'm salty that we didn't choose DK Metcalf in the draft and instead <laughs> chose JJ Ortega Whiteside, who is from his parents are from Barcelona. That's why mm. I said it like that. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk now? I, I know I just <laughs> when you feel, covered feel most free. of it. You covered. I mean, I, impressive that the Eagles were even in that game, considering all all the the, the losses they had to their personnel. Um, and they had a shot to win at the end. They yeah. they were knocking on the door a couple times at the end and decided to go for it on fourth down a couple times. And uh, like you said, Josh McCown looks spry, but he also looks old at times. Like that, oh, for that sure. final fourth and seven or fourth and eight, uh, that hole opened up in the pocket, and it looked like he was like, oh, 20-year-old me could make that run. And then 40-year-old him, him tried to move his leg. got sacked. And they didn't move the same way. Yeah, and Jadavion yeah. Clowney reached out his hand and, and tripped him up. Um but like you said, I think it's a credit to the coaching that it, it was competitive and also maybe an indictment of the Seahawks and maybe their potential to make a run. Because if you're, if you're clawing for a victory against a team that has essentially a preseason team at this point on offense uh, and you're only winning 17-9, to nine, I don't know, man. Like The Eagles' defense was, showed up for the most part. Um, a couple big plays on your secondary, but that's sort of to be expected with the guys you have back there. But your front played awesome and yeah. uh, limited the rushers, uh, Marshawn and Homer. And I think they had like I'm, – I'm going off of memory. I think they had 17 carries for 19 yards or something like that rushing. The Seahawks did. So the well, Eagles not, showed up. If you're counting just run, running backs. Yeah. But Russell Wilson had – he was their leader. Oh, yeah. He, he, he 45 yards. Pop off some, yeah. some big ones. Yeah. But props to the Eagles. You won the East. The Giants have a new coach. The Cowboys have a new coach, which we'll touch on, touch on later. But, yeah. Uh, Redskins. Actually, everyone has a new coach. Everyone in the <laughs> NFC has a new coach. It's beautiful. Hopefully, yeah. they don't. Hopefully, none of them work out. Um, fun fact about this game: 
Mm-hmm. I said it before. I've said we played them competitively last time. I think if Carson was in, I'm, I'm bold enough to say I think we would we would have won this game. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, but the score, seventeen to nine. Guess what the score was when we played them last time? Seventeen to ten. Seventeen to nine. Yeah. Exact score. Same exact score 10. when we played them in November. Mm. Um, very similar game, minus obviously quarterback injury. But um, yeah, brutal loss. Great season. Looking forward to next year as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Well, you can bandwagon to the Packers if you want. But. Uh, I'll pass, but thank you for the invite. I know you <laughs> love bandwagoning. You're like weighing your AFC options, I'm sure, well, for next year. We're getting year. windled down. So. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> uh, but let's move on since we're looking to the future. Cyrus is already. We'll look to this weekend and the Titans at the Ravens. You want me to start it? That was that pause. Yeah. Got it. Uh <laughs> quietly i think this will be a really interesting game like i think this could be one of the better ones this week when people might not assume it would be uh though i think the ravens pull away towards the end um and i think they're just sort of going to be this juggernaut throughout the playoffs where i'm not sure that they'll be stopped either until the afc championship game which could be close but probably not um and i i almost feel like they have a relatively easy route to the Super Bowl because they're they're the most complete team in the AFC mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Uh, but really, what I what I see happening is the Ravens being able to stop the Titans on offense, but run all over the Titans. Um, they're the number one ranked uh, rush offense throughout the year, the regular season, and the Titans are the twenty first ranked overall defense, mm-hmm. which doesn't bode well for them. They're the twelfth ranked run defense, but they're the twenty fourth ranked pass defense. So the combination of Lamar being able to make some key throws and then also just that rushing attack, I think will be a little bit too much for the Titans. Um, so I'm going to say Ravens 37 to 23, but I think it's a little bit closer than people think to start off. Let me lay out a formula for here. Right okay. here. For the Titans for the to Titans. win? Yeah. Ravens didn't play a lot of their starters in week 17. Then they had a bye week. Sure. Maybe they'll be a little rusty. The Titans have a great running game. If they can get up on the Ravens early, throw some trickeration in there, get Derrick Henry going, hit some play action, jump up to a little bit of a lead, maybe like a 14-0 to zero or something, get the Ravens out of their run game, make the Ravens throw a little bit, take some half to shake off the rust, you know? And they all of a sudden have to play from behind and start playing catch-up. And I think with Derrick Henry and their ability to run and the Ravens' penchant for running, as well i don't think they're going to get away from it super fast it could shorten the game and a great equalizer for lesser teams which the titans are talent wise weather and the run game if you can shorten the game and milk time off the clock all of a sudden you can be at the end and the possessions are limited and you can find yourself in a game where you're outmatched talent wise sure and i think that's kind of the formula for the titans Try to get up on them fast. Don't go off the break and do what they've been doing. Run Derrick Henry. Run on outside zone um, and hit the play action off of it. A lot of fullback stuff. And if you can get that Ravens defense a little bit tired, um, I think you have a shot. Some double moves on Pat on uh, Marcus Peters and see what happens. Take your shots. Be aggressive. Uh, jump on them early and yeah i don't want us to end up with the the same playoff record at the end so 
I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with the Titans. You're going to go with the Titans. You 27 ha- I mean- to 21. And I actually believe it. I'm not just doing it. I believe it. All right. That's the first step to it happening, is you believing yeah, it's it. me. I, I like that you are sticking with the Titans, who you've held so tightly well, and firmly. I got a, you know, there's a, at a certain point, there's a fork in a road. And you either there, have to stay on the bandwagon or you got to jump off onto another one. See, but you were also on the Ravens bandwagon, on. so I feel like you could have gone on either bandwagon. Yeah, but bandwagon. now they're favorites. They're not, they're not fun for me anymore. All right, I yeah. like underdogs. Yeah. So I could totally see that happening, and I think Derrick Henry is obviously the key to them winning, as with most games. But the Ravens are not the Patriots. Their run defense is fifth-ranked throughout the season. So sure. granted, Derrick Henry is not like normal running backs. He's not. He's 6'2", 250. He could easily you know, average four or five yards per carry, and they just run the ball 35 times with him, and that turns out to be how they win a close game. Mm-hmm. But this defense is going to be a new challenge, I think, for the Titans. For sure. You know what a fun fact is? Statistically, you don't need to be able to run the ball well or frequently for play action to work. You just need to run the ball. You don't, you don't, even need, to, you don't need to run it frequently or well. Play action still works. It's way more effective than drop back passing. Really? So regardless of you know your run game working or not, if you play action more often than not, it's going to be more effective. That's what the data says. Okay, that explains a lot in my Madden play calling. Yeah, <laughs> the linebackers, it. the linebackers still have to suck up. They still have to respect it, especially with Derrick Henry. Um, where you really gain an advantage is if you're hitting the run run game. All of a sudden, you can't get into nickel and dime personnel as much. Because yeah. you got to keep your bigger bodies in to tackle the run. those running backs and the fullbacks and the tight ends and the heavy sets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, that's where you really get an advantage. Um, so you, you honestly may just need like a field full of linebackers for Derrick Henry. <laughs> He'll still fall forward for two or three yards. because yeah. he's like six four or whatever he is. No, I, yeah, I mean if he if he can if they can ground ground and pound it out, and I think that if they get to a, get a get a lead, they'll have a shot. It's their only chance, I think, too, yeah. of, of uh, being competitive in this game. The Ravens, I mean, I know they had the rest of their starters, but this team has been... It's been good. Unreal. It's Not just good. good. Like, I don't know if we've seen a team like this. We haven't, yeah. I don't think. So, that'll be that'll be a fun game. The Titans are underrated, though. I, are. I think yeah. they could win, but I can't pick against the Ravens, just logically. <laughs> like, they're just too That's good. That's fine. I respect yeah. it. Okay. I respect it. Uh, let's move on to the Texans at the Chiefs. Um, you want me to start again? You, your we old did, coach. We did a pause thing. Your old coach, Andy, Andy Reid. Reed. I want Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl. I'd, I would like it if the Packers aren't in that Super Bowl. Okay. All right. So if you guys lose either next week or the week after, yeah, uh, then you'll root for Andy Reid. Cool. Well, the Titans and then the Chiefs. You know how I go. You know. Oh, you're picking the Chiefs as a team. Like, well, if the Titans lose, then the Chiefs will be my AFC team. Oh, I see. I see. Another team for you to bandwagon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Cool. I'm glad you picked That's up. That's fun. It. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think the Texans kind of showed their colors last week. Uh-huh. They barely beat a Bills team. They didn't even really beat a Bills team. They just won the game. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> they did. They stumbled yeah. backwards into a win. Yeah. The Bills kind of beat themselves a little bit too. So yeah. I this Chiefs team, in my opinion, is in another echelon than the Texans. So I don't see this being super close i think it's going to be a sort of a 30 to 17 affair with the chiefs yeah pretty much cruising maybe they get a garbage maybe the texans get a garbage time touchdown at the end but i think uh i think the chiefs are going to handle this game yeah uh i'm with you i i think the the chiefs are 
a different tier than uh, the Texans are. And I know Josh Allen didn't take advantage of that secondary of the Texans, but Patrick right. Mahomes sure for will. sure will. And uh, the Texans have a porous pass defense. Who knows what J.J. Watt will be able to, to do. Um, he looks fine, although his snaps were limited, especially in the beginning. And then sort of when it became crunch time, he played more and ended up making an impact. Um, but I just don't – unless Will Fuller is healthy and Bill O'Brien finds his mojo, I don't really see a way for the Texans to, to, to pull it out. Uh, I think the Chiefs are just going to overwhelm them, get up on them, and they won't – fall apart like the bills did yeah they're going to be more composed and and keep taking it to them yeah they're not stopping mahomes and that offense but yeah their only saving grace can be as if they can keep pace and then yeah. somehow stumble into a win the same way they did with the bills yeah um it's possible yeah it's, it's possible but i don't think it happens yeah i got the chiefs 34 to 21 over the texans okay so on to the nfc the vikings at the niners vikings at the niners mm-hmm Two six seeds still alive. Pretty cool. Who's the, the other six seed? The Titans. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> I got to pick the Niners in this one. They've shown me nothing all season that says there's any reason they couldn't beat a Vikings team that, in my opinion, was on a hot streak and kind of fell off a little bit when they played the Packers, uh-huh. and then thankfully picked it up again last week when they got Dalvin Cook uh, to Cook back. So. The Niners, I think, keep stride with the Vikings in terms of the run game, but then also have different elements in the pass game that I I see them being able to stop anything that the Vikings do in the pass game. Whereas I don't think I don't think the Vikings can necessarily stop what Kyle Shanahan would scheme as, yeah. as easily. Yeah. So I'm going to say Niners 33, Vikings 20. I'm with you for the most part. I'm going to pick the Niners, but but. If D Ford wasn't back and they weren't getting healthy, if they didn't have this bye week, I would pick against them probably. If the, okay. the Vikings were playing the 49ers. Because um, the, the Niners have struggled at times in the back half of the season because uh, their D line is decimated. They've had a ton of injuries on the defensive line. And uh, without a rotation there, they've gotten tired and they've been susceptible to some, uh, some of the run game and plays off of that in the pass game. Uh, and they looked more vulnerable against the Falcons and the Rams and stuff like that, uh, which I think they're clearly better teams than both of those those guys. Um, but as it is, the Niners are almost at peak health as much as you can be without guys on IR. Um, and I think the front is just going to dominate the Vikings offensive yeah. line, which I think is their weak point. Um, you saw the Packers do it. The Saints didn't do a great job of it. Um, but I, I think the, the front takes over for the Niners. And uh, the, yeah. I think the Vikings will have some, some trouble getting stuff going with Dalvin Cook. And if without, without Dalvin Cook, I think they're going to struggle. Thielen looks good. I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to win in the pass game. So I got the yeah. Niners winning 28-17. to 17. Would I be surprised if the Vikings <clears throat> pull it off? No, because when Kirk is hot, we saw that streak he got on earlier in the season. And he was throwing dimes left and right. And maybe he's feeling himself. He said, you like that? I, I saw that the, in the post the game, of the game. In, the, yeah. in the locker room. Maybe he'll be saying that again. He, they seem to be, I think that might have been the game to make them believe a little bit. And sure. A team that believes in themselves and is feeling themselves is dangerous, especially on the road when you got nothing to lose, no one expects you to win. That's a dangerous team. 
I agree with you, but I also think this Niner team is, even though they had a bye week, I think they're equally feeling themselves. After the season they just had, when nobody expected them to be good, I'm pretty sure they're also dangerous in that sense. And, you know, this makes me, gives me the same feeling as I referenced it a little bit earlier, the Falcons game. It's like a trap playoff game. Sure. Everyone thinks they're going to roll right over the Vikings. I don't know if they're going to roll right over them, but... I think that's the popular conception. In that the media, win. they should win definitively. They should. Well, when you're 13-3 and three and you're that good, you should yeah. win against any Just team like, definitively. You know, Kyle Shanahan said, well, we can't come and treat this game like a trap game against the Falcons. Yeah. And then they, treated, <laughs> they ended up playing like it was a trap game. They and did. They, they got yeah. beat. Um, so you got to come to play in the playoffs. And... Uh, It'll be cool to see. This is Shanahan's first playoff game as a as a head coach. Head coach yeah. Um, so, but I think the Niners win. I yeah, I think they I do think too. Do. I think I think they got this. Well, let's move game. on to the yeah premier event: Woo! the Seahawks at the Packers. This will be a fun one. I will temporarily Hopefully. be a Packers fan. Yeah. Because I want you to beat the Seahawks, and I think you will. I think just watching this last game where the Seahawks, Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson. Great. Yeah. Other than DK Metcalf, they looked honestly uninspiring to me throughout that entire game playing against backups and practice squad players. Yeah. Pretty much across the board except Fletcher Cox and a few DBs that were starters who were never really that great anyways Mm -hmm. on the Eagles. So that doesn't bode well in my mind. It doesn't reflect a true Super Bowl caliber team in my opinion. Super Bowl caliber teams like the, if if we if the Eagles play the Niners if the Eagles play the Ravens maybe the Chiefs uh, they yeah. it wouldn't even be it wouldn't be seventeen to nine it'd be like thirty seven to nine <laughs> so yeah in my opinion the Seahawks are sort of fools gold in this playoffs mm. they're gonna go as far as Russell Wilson wills them to go but I think they're way worse than perception is. yeah. So, and I think Chris Carson, losing Chris Carson was yeah, quietly sure. the the worst thing that could have happened to them. Yeah. So. Their run game has disappeared. You know, he's not a, he's not a household name, but he was an elite running back this year. Yeah. He's been a thousand yard up. running back and he was a big part of that offense. Um, so that being said, Russell Wilson has proven me wrong in the past. So I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see him make some plays and, and, and win this game, but I think we're looking at a real barn burner. Oh, nice. 27 to 24, and I think the Packers pull it off. Yeah, I think the Packers are clearly the better team, but they won't play like it. Um, Story of your season? or Yep, that's basically (laughs) it. Uh, Win ugly. That's what they've done. They've won a lot of close games. Winning is winning. Winning is winning. But I don't think I or almost anyone is, is sold on this Packers team, even if they do beat the Seahawks. Um, it'll be interesting. The last time I think we played the Seahawks was in 2014 when the Packers collapsed in uh, Seattle. I remember that. Yeah, I was, I'm still scarred. Brandon Bostic, the the onside kick bounced off his face, and uh, yeah, we that lost. Was, that was in overtime. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was a tough one. Um, but now we got the Seahawks at home, and we've been playing really well against them at home the last couple of years. Uh, like you said, they don't have the same sort of juju. Um, Russell Wilson's been playing well, like you said. 
they just don't have a ton of weapons, especially in the run game. And I think we match up really well as far as personnel, uh, skill positions. I think Jair Alexander can cover Tyler Lockett, who are both small, shifty guys. Kevin King is bigger, longer, more physical. He can cover DK Metcalf. Um, I'm sure Russell Wilson will run around the pocket and then take off for yeah. 30 or 40 yards once or twice or throw a big one up to, to DK Metcalf or something like that. Um, it's just whether Aaron Rodgers can do enough. And odd, as odd as it might sound to say, I think the Packers have the matchup almost everywhere except for at quarterback. Um because I think Russell Wilson is playing better than Aaron Rodgers and has been almost the entire season. And I think all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers may be the liability on the Packers as far as the offense. Well, so if, if you can't get Aaron Jones going, you say that, but wa- just watch this if game. If you're telling me that one of the best quarterbacks to ever play is the liability on a team, then your team is good. Like uh, That's a good team. If, you're, if your biggest liability is Aaron Rodgers... Just watch him play this Sunday. It's the last game of the weekend. And tell me if you still think he's the same Aaron Rodgers as he used to be. Oh, I don't think he's going to miss some throws that he you usually think he would make. Um, He's just not the transcendent talent that he has been. Um, I haven't seen him do anything all year. He'll have one or two special plays, maybe a, a game, but he'll he'll miss routine stuff too. So yeah, I think the Packers pull it out twenty one to twenty because they don't seem to ever score more than around 20 points. Uh, and the Seahawks are just going to settle for field goals, and that'll be the, the difference. Um, yeah. But I, I would my, my butt would be puckered if <laughs> Russell Wilson has the ball at the end of the game with a chance to take the lead. I would be pooping myself. I have a feeling your butt's going to be puckered the entire game. Yeah. Uh, the Packers, though, have won eight straight games at home against the Seahawks, so that bodes well. I think the, yeah. the home field advantage is it cannot be understated for real yeah Yeah. so i think that's huge but on the flip side of things i'm looking at a stat i think you actually put this in our live doc that we read off aaron Rodgers is zero wins five losses against the nfc west in playoff matchups yeah all the fucking niners and the seahawks yeah Yeah, it's dumb oh the cardinals too a couple times well i think this is the time that he becomes one and five yay He's gonna have to probably be two and five in order to get, that is get very to the true. Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, good luck to the Packers. I hope we win and I'm happy next week. Let's go pack go temporarily. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. Let's yeah. talk about coaches. We got a lot of new coaches. Almost everyone everyone does, except for the Browns. Have a new coach. Arguably everyone the that, team that needed it the most. Yeah. Well now they can take their time and uh Maybe they rushed into it last year and hired Freddie Kitchens, didn't look outside their building. So now they're doing the opposite this year. They're looking everywhere but inside their building, and they're taking a lot of time to do it. So, But let's start with uh, your favorite team, the Cowboys. They hired Mike McCarthy. They did. Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Made the playoffs 9 out of 13 seasons when he was with the Packers. 10-8 and eight postseason record. Four <laughs> conference championship appearances. 125 wins, 77 losses, two ties in the regular season. And yeah. he had a sleepover with Jerry Jones. Ooh. So. Spicy. My question is, and you might be better equipped to answer this than I, than I am. Mm-hmm. How much of this success is as a result of, of his coaching? Or how much, is it, uh, how much of it is as a result of delegating effectively mm-hmm. and also... Maybe not lucking into it, but being fortunate enough to have elite 
talent, especially at the quarterback position, while you're coaching. Yeah. Uh, he is an excellent CEO of a team. Like, face, setting a culture, work ethic, all that kind of stuff. He's really good. Obviously, he got stale strategy-wise yeah. at the end of, of his career. Uh, and he built his system off of having superior athletes. I mean, he was he came in and he had Aaron Rodgers, he had Greg Jennings, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, uh, Jermichael Finley, and those are some studs at the yeah. skill position. And a lot of his concepts were basically ISO routes. So he's isolating different guys on different uh, defensive backs, and he's saying just go win your routes. So there's not really like scheme concept to open people up as much, but since his guys were just better – it led to more explosive plays and uh, the timing and insane throws that you saw from Aaron Rodgers and stuff. Um, but from what everything I've, I've heard and seen, whoever his PR guy is, hire that guy if you're ever in trouble because he's been in the press all over. He's all this data analytics. He's rethought yeah. all this stuff. He has this new scheme. He's taken a year off to go figure out, you know, how to get ahead of everybody and plan for the next head coaching job he has. And now here he has it. I think the first coach ever to coach for the Packers and the Cowboys to yeah, like premier franchises. Um, I think they're getting a pretty good coach. Uh, I think McCarthy is humble enough to sort of really actually take a, a look in the mirror and say like, well, it did get stale. Um, and he was, he was a coach with the Packers for 13 years. There's not a lot of coaches built Belichick maybe that have been with a team for, for longer. Eventually your message just sort of gets stale. Andy Reid, um, Eagles, similarly similar yeah, situation yeah. where I, I could see him being an Andy Reid kind of guy. I don't know if he's going to be quite as the offensive mind as him, but I can definitely see him with a resurgence in making the Cowboys more competitive than you would like to see them for the foreseeable future. I mean, they're already more competitive than I'd like to see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, I was reading he plans to incorporate analytics, which is great, and why were they not already incorporated with the Cowboys? No idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, I think this was sort of a safe hire for the Cowboys. Um, you can't argue the accolades, right? Yeah. But I think you can argue coaching ability in modern in the modern NFL, which I think has changed since thir- 13 years ago when Mike McCarthy yeah. started as a head coach. Um people he would plan to delegate to that would be successful are now already becoming head coaches somewhere else. Like yeah. you see Sean McVay, you see Kyle, you see these young guys that would typically be offensive coordinators back in the day, uh, already moving into head coaching positions way earlier than people used to. So I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I'm also biased as we all know, uh-huh. but I'm not convinced that this hire makes the impact that this team needs from Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was terrible, let's be real. But <laughs> Mike McCarthy is an improvement. There's no arguing that. But yeah. I don't know that this is that next level Super Bowl move. And this team doesn't is not going to have much cap room to do much with the roster. Yeah. So this was sort of it in my mind. But you know what? Who knows? He he's been to the Super Bowl. He knows what it takes to win. He's he's managed the locker room with stars before. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I you know, it, they could have done much worse. They definitely could have made a much worse hire, which I was hoping for, <laughs> including bringing Jason Garrett back, who was basically on his knees begging for his job. Yeah, and he was. <laughs> clearly did not get that. He didn't get invited to the sleepover. So, <laughs> he didn't. you know, I, know. I don't know. They needed somebody who would be effective, but also, I think, also kind of wouldn't outshine Jerry Jones, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's if you still get too big team. of a personality, then it's, yeah. Jerry doesn't want that. Yeah. So, I hear you. decent hire. I give it like, I'll give it like a B minus. Okay. 
I give it uh, four stars. Oh, we're going different out okay. of five because well, they Dallas the star, on, you know. Ah, uh, I see. That's where I was going. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Well, let's go uh, to the Redskins, who are the first ones to make a hire. They got Ron Rivera. I ah, uh, I'm surprised Ron Rivera took this job. I am too. Like, I thought they'd have to beg like a f- very green coach. Yeah. To like, hey, here's your chance. Come be a head coach. They'd have to the do Redskins. like a Doug Peterson situation and take somebody, give him a chance. Yeah. You know, that's what I was expecting. Ron Rivera is a man, he's a seasoned coach. He's got yes. tons of experience. So, this is a win for the Redskins. I don't know if the, yeah. the I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to love his time in, in Washington, <laughs> but I don't know if he will either. You know, um, He's already getting rid of ping pong tables in the locker room. Those I don't know if you heard tables, that. You know? man. No more messing around, Redskins. <laughs> no. no more messing around. It's time to get down to business. But, yeah, I I'm, I don't know. This is a weird one. This was the most really? unexpected out of all of these hires, mainly really? because I figured Ron Rivera could kind of pick. Like, have he could have gone to the Cowboys, Yeah, I feel like. Or he he could go to the Browns, so I think it's arguably a better situation than yeah, the Redskins. I think, I think so. Um, but... It's it's interesting. I'm not sure what motivated him to go there, but maybe he wants to cement his legacy and turn a franchise, you know, from yeah nothing to something. But yeah, good good for the Redskins, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you t- you took all the words out of my mouth. Um, I think he'll be good at setting a culture, and it seemed like the Redskins players would quit a lot the last couple of years. We're um, sort of throwing the towel when things got got tough. So maybe he'll bring a, a good. Uh, Sort of tough nose mentality uh, of a team that that fights and uh, is competitive because they haven't been for a little while. Um, but you said Rivera was the most surprising to you. I think Joe Judge, the Patriots wide receiver and uh, oh. special teams coach for the Giants, was more surprising. You want me to, to me. tell you why this is not surprising? I've never to me? heard of this guy before. You want me to tell you why it's not surprising though? Because it's the Giants. Because it's Dave Gettleman <laughs> hiring his head coach, and he's an absolute idiot. He's probably the worst GM in the league. So. The fact that they hired some guy that you've never heard of from a yeah. wide receiver coach position? Yeah. Well, he's also the special teams coordinator. Oh, whoopsie do. Well, Great. I'll give you a little background if you do you want some background on him? You I can got give some. me some background. That's fine. Yeah. I just it won't make me any less Okay. Well he's a he's a surprised. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick disciple. So okay. he was with Nick Saban in Alabama, uh running the special teams there, and then Belichick took him with him. And you know Belichick loves special teams shit. Like he gets a little boner with the false starts and the running of the clock oh, and all that kind of stuff. that's his favorite it's his favorite his favorite stuff uh and for him to delegate that to somebody who's young i think he's like 38 or something like that joe judges and give him special teams i think says a lot uh as far as what bill belichick thinks of him and that special teams has been really really good and uh He's obviously not going to be like an X's and O's new flashy offense type of guy, but I think he's going to be sort of in that John Harbaugh model of running a team, creating a culture, getting everyone on the same page, uh, demanding excellence from his coordinators, that kind of stuff. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Uh, He must have done something in that interview to be like, you got to hire me now because, well, I didn't even know this guy was interviewing. You want me to tell you why? Yeah. It ties directly into the next head coach who the Panthers got. Okay. Matt Rule. <clears throat> yeah. The Giants desperately wanted Matt Rule as their head coach. Well, apparently not cuz you can finish your that was the top of their earlier. list was Matt Rule. Out of all the coaches that they were trying to hire, mm-hmm. he was number 1. Okay. I just read a an article earlier that 
said Tepper went to Matt Rule and offered him like a blank check and said, you can have as much as money as you want. You can have whatever facilities you want. Here's the deal, whatever. And then Matt Rule was like, okay, cool. I'm going to call the Giants first. And he called the Giants. It was like, hey, here's their offer. Do you want to like match or convince me to come visit? And they were like, no, we're good. We're going to hire Joe Judge. Really? Yeah. Okay. So either the the asking price was just too much for them and they were like, oh, whatever. Or be, they saw Joe Judge and loved him. monetary. Because all throughout the offseason, the, basically what I had heard is that the Giants were big on Matt Rule. Like, yeah, that was and Matt guy. Rule wanted to go to New York. I think he like grew up a, a Giants fan, and that was yeah. his number one place. And but then, money talks, man. And it is. I mean, Tepper gave him a, a seven-year deal for yeah. a first-time first head coach in the NFL. That's pretty it's well. Big. I it's think big. it was like 60, 60 million, something like that. So, But, I mean, he's he's done great things at Baylor. He's basically turned that program around. So he has a track yeah. record that shows you he can take teams that are middling and maybe not performing well yeah. and completely flip the script so which would have been great for the giants they absolutely needed that yeah i mean i I don't know if how many of you know about baylor's situation three years ago or so but they had a lot of sexual misconduct by their players and there was some cover-up by the current coach then art bryles um they were reported to that some players have been involved in sexual assault or raping a, a young woman on campus and then did not report that to any authorities so the coaches heard that whatever um i don't know how far along the line it was passed but um eventually resulted in art briles being fired uh the baylor university president ken Starr resigned uh athletic director resigned uh so they i mean that's sort of how how you have to treat those situations i mean there's there's no there's no place for that um and the fact that you're a head coach and you're getting a report from somebody that experienced that and your response is to do nothing it's pretty disgusting it's egregious it's, uh, it's ridiculous and it's so, a huge issue for football in general that these issues keep popping up that it's surrounding football players um that's maybe a deeper conversation is, than yeah, we, but, we need to get into right now but that's what he was taking over that happened they fired their coach there was all these issues at yeah. baylor that's the cloud over them. They were not playing well on the football field either. Yeah. They were one and eleven the last year, and in three seasons he took them to eleven and three. They're playing in bowl games. They're ranked number seven this year. So he took that program and made it his, and did an awesome job. So yeah, I think they they nailed it. The Panthers did. I think they got a good guy. Yeah, and I think once you you know as an NFL team, I feel like for specific teams, especially not great teams, the market for head coaches has become increasingly competitive. I feel like like it's not okay anymore to just get any guy. Yeah. Once you know that's your guy, you go get your guy. Yeah, like the Raiders did sure. it with Gruden. Yeah. Convince him to come out of the booth. I mean, granted they gave him a ton of money, but <laughs> they did. Once you once you see the guy you think could lead your team where you think it where you know it can go as mm-hmm. a GM, I feel like at this point you got to go you got to do what you got to do and in yeah. this case it was a blank check and um Stolen from the Giants, which is great. I love that. <laughs> uh, good hire, I think. I mean, I like I like the idea of hiring somebody who's successfully turned a program around. Yeah, yeah. He's done it twice. He did it at Temple and he did it at Baylor. Yeah. So, so that's that's good, track a good trend. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing says he can't do it with the Panthers as well, who have who have been pretty successful as of uh, recent history, but didn't yeah. play well last season. So. 
With that, though, I think uh, that's going to wrap things up here on episode yeah. 20. We are super grateful that you guys have tuned in. This is a huge milestone for us. Episode 20. Can you Woo! believe we've made it to 20? That's crazy. That's awesome. We wouldn't be able to do it without all your support. Um, please, if you can do one thing, I won't tell you to do a bunch of stuff. I'll tell you to do one thing. If you enjoyed this podcast and you liked what you heard, please just share this with somebody you know who likes football. That would mean the world to us, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow us on social, I'll let you go find those. I won't I won't take too much more of your time. But with that, uh, we are going to check out here on episode 20, and we're looking forward to uh, recapping the divisional round next week. And thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.